At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of zombie land. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? It's such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy Heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live. Audio version for thee in this eternal now. Ready for an adventure to the stars? To dare an odyssey that included pop culture themes and personal revelations? Micah Dang and Priscilla Rosado Cruz materialize at the virtual Alexandria to discuss a constellation of topics relating to astrotheology and astrology. They also discuss their new book, A is for Aries. The entire audio is available for everyone, as I've given a lot of exclusive content for subscribers in June, and more exclusive content to come before the month is over. Keep in mind that Priscilla's fire alarm was beeping at the beginning of the interview, and Vance did his best to mute it. But later Priscilla moved outside and all was bigly. Life of podcasting and all its tech archons. Thank you to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria. You are amazing and your support, company, and feedback help grow this podcast. We need Gnosis more than ever, needless to say. Expect more shootings, wars, addiction rates, mass depression, and social collapse until more look inward while breaking the outward spell of hating angels. And we definitely need to reconnect with the stars. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or many of my guests and their unique insights, 
anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Don't forget my voiceover availability for any podcast, commercial, audiobook, documentary, or whatevs. I'll bring you stellar results with down-to-home professionalism. And consider, in these hard economic times, the Red Circle subscription, which is only $4.99 a month for all complete shows. And now you can tip if you want to support via Stripe. Other than that, let us to our latest AB Live. Write your own gospel, live your own myth. It's like we've forgotten who we are, Dom. Explorers, pioneers, not caretakers. Well, we used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. And we are live. Welcome, everybody. Yes, hope you enjoyed my little uh, new intro, Saving Sophia, one podcast host at a time, as we like to do here. (laughs) Obviously, I'm sure YouTube will give me a strike for this, but it's worth it because uh, you got to do what you got to do. And it's one of the most uh, powerful scenes in television history from Stranger Things. And it's not even the climax of episode four. It's just... A little, uh, a little stepped into higher things, into the eternal ba- battle of Sophia and the Demiurge. But anyway, welcome everybody. Very excited, as always, for this uh, Friday night. We will be discussing where astrology meets astrotheology, and uh, can't be a better subject because, regardless of whether you're a materialist or a mystic. Our home is in the stars. That's where we came from. That's where most of humanity uh, has forgotten. That's what most of humanity has forgotten. And the stars is where we get our really important information, our inspiration, our energies, uh, and the great stories that give meaning to the human race, and so much more. And again, we are completely cut off. So our guests today have done an incredible job in making sure we can reconnect, 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 or whatever, however you want to say it, with these higher powers that really these days might be the only hope from humanity collapsing into the tentacles of the demiurge, into the collective, into the hive mind, into a place with no imagination, inspiration, or purpose. But I'm getting on a tangent here. Um, so I'd like to welcome our guests. Welcome everybody who's showing up at the chat room. Uh, very excited to have here for our first time, Priscilla Rosado Cruz. Priscilla, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'd love to be here. Awesome. And as always, it's a great honor to have the man himself, the star man himself, Micah Dank. Micah, how are you? Great, Miguel. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be great to have you as always. Well, uh, Pink wasn't well. He stayed back at the hotel. So they sent us along as a surrogate podcast to find out where you fans really stand. And the podcast host today, 
we've got Nathan Lee, who's also a master of the stars. Hey, Nate, how are you? Uh, good evening, everyone. It's wonderful to be here, and we're going to have a great show tonight. Awesome. And last but not least, we've got the man of the moon, or the dog of the moon, Vance Moondog. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Looking forward to this. Um, just heard a uh, podcast by Rupert Sheldrake explaining how, you know, modern times have sucked the intelligence and personality out of stars and planets. You know, now they're all just, you know, mechanical. So this should be a welcome addition to that material. Indeed, it will be. Well, as always, you peeps, you starmen, you heretics in the chat room. You know the drill. If you have any questions for our guests, please write them in all caps. Uh, and there's a lot of question marks. Nate, you don't have to this time. You can actually ask the question here. Right. Uh, and Vance and I will, and Nate will also try to get to your questions if possible. There are no guarantees. We will get to super chats. We'll put them on the top. But we do try hard to make sure we address all your questions and your questions are always great and your insights are always great. You guys rock. You give hope to this failing world. Totally. All right. Well, one reason we are here is to discuss a book that I got written by both Priscilla and Micah. And this book is A is for Aries. And it's awesome because we get a children's book. I'm going to, I read it today and I am going to give it to my kids who like to read books tonight so they can learn too. Um, and I know my wife is Catholic, but she's also very much into astro theology because it's the, again, it's the only way we can get out and grow as a, as a humanity. So, uh, how did this book come about? How did this collaboration come about guys? So basically, <clears throat> when I had, I've now been teaching astrotheology for about two years. I've been studying it for about 10. I've been writing my books. I've been trying to get a book deal. When I finally did, I started publishing the books, getting the books out. My publishing house was starting to get them out. And I had to start marketing myself. You know, I had to start reaching out to people. So I didn't have a YouTube channel at the time. I didn't have any podcasts under my belt, really. But I was talking about this kind of stuff. And um, I was in one of those esoteric Facebook groups. You know, I, I, I'm in a bunch of them. So I started sharing stuff um, that I wrote or that, that I talk about. And uh, she was, Priscilla was in one of them. And she reached out to me immediately. And we started talking and, and we became friendly. But it was no different than, you know, any, anyone else. I just started talking to her. Um, then I don't know how it came up, but she she might remember. But eventually, like I started finding out that she was uh, a seasoned astrologer, and she's quite good at what it is. I mean, she's really good at it. And um, I asked for a reading. She gave it to me. It was dead on. It showed some stuff about myself. Um, it was it was really incredible. And <clears throat> I realized that um, there was a market for that. Um, People still think astrology is, especially in the religious community, is a joke. Um, and I'll read it to you. I'm going to read you two things right now. If I could find it. Hold on. All right, here it is. Sorry, I have to stretch my presentation. The Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm readings, interpretation of omens and lots, 
the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums, all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. And there's a section from Abu Dawood that says, it is suggested that the prophet Muhammad stated, whoever seeks knowledge from the stars is seeking one of the branches of witchcraft, that of which is inherently forbidden in Islam. And when I came across these two things, I was like, huh, so why is astrology specifically banned from Catholicism and Islam if the bulk of the books are astrotheology and astrology based? You know, isn't that kind of like gaslighting with itself? And I came to the conclusion that it was. And um, what I do when I teach astrotheology with my book series, too, is I approach it a little bit because you've got your... You've got your Mark Passios, you've got your Santos Bonacci, you have Jordan Maxwell, you have, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that because there's plenty more people um, that talk astrotheology, right? Uh, Billy Carson, um, you can go on. But the, the thing is, is that what they do is they write nonfiction books, okay? And what happens is that pigeonholes your audience into just people who are interested in just that topic. It doesn't reach a wide group. And when I early on realized that, um, early on, I realized that the way to everybody, as I've read, uh, uh, what's his name? George Orwell, 1984, Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, anything Philip K. Dick wrote, Minority Report or whatever, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The best way to tell the truth is to write it in fiction because it can't really be censored that way. Because there's no censor on fiction, whereas you can get censored from a nonfiction book, absolutely. So I wrote this series, these uh, Dan Brown type books, where I teach astrotheology and stuff. And then at one point, it came to me, you know, I would I would give Priscilla, I had some fans that would reach out to me, and they'd be like, you know, do you do readings? And I'm like, no, but you can use my astrologer. And I ran it by Priscilla first. I was like, are you cool if I send people over your way? She was like, yeah, so I've sent over like 15, 20 people. She's got some repeat clients now from me. You know, I sent it over to her. And then at one point I was like, listen, I reached out to her. And I was like, listen, Bruce, um, I want to write a kid's book. And I want you to be a part of it because you're the second half of my first half of the information. I know the astrotheology and I know how to write. But what I need is I need the astrology part. I need to know the Jungian archetypes that we're talking about at that young age. I need to know personality traits. I need to know what's basically going. So we collaborated and put it together. I went on Fiverr and found an illustrator, put it all together, uh, reached out to my publishing house, who at this point I've given them not, uh, nine books. And uh, thank you, Esoteric Fairy Tales. It's true. It's absolutely true. Fiction is excellent for spreading truth. And it also gives you plausible deniability. If anybody were to come at me, because I do talk a lot about um, about conspiracies and stuff that people don't know about. Uh, one of my characters in my books is basically loosely based on Alex Jones, if not completely based on Alex Jones. Uh, and he teaches people stuff. You know, it's a very interesting way the way I've written the books. Um, but when it came to it, I was like, kids need to read this. And I've given my publisher nine books at this time. At this point, my publisher basically told me, whatever I write, they'll publish. You know, I haven't opened any deal with them. To be honest with you, I don't even have a contract half the time, uh, or not even half the time, but like towards the end, I don't even have a contract when I start sending them books. We kind of work it out on the way out. Um, so because I have that freedom with a publishing house now, um, 
I was like, let's do a kid's book. And she's basically my other half in the book. So I gave her credit and everything. And um, it's just incredible. It's been great. Now, what we're going to do that I would like to share now is we're going to do something. So I'm telling you, that book that you have in your hands, Miguel, is for 6 to 11-year-olds. Okay? Obviously, it could be a 12-year-old or whatever. It's called A's for Aries. And it's basically the story about Tony and Mara, who are two Long Island kids. I'm from Long Island, so I put that in there. Um, and Tony's a little older than Mara, and he teaches her about the Zodiac and about personality types and stuff as they go through the day or they go through the year. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to come out with a book for 12 to 18-year-olds. We're basically going to talk about nodes and asteroids and all this kind of stuff. Um, and And... We're going to put that out so that when the kids graduate from the first book, they can pick up the second book and continue to learn. And that's basically that's basically where we are, what we're going to do. And um, I don't know. What did you think of the kids book? It was cute, right? The pictures were great. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It hit all the marks, that's for sure. Um, yeah, good illustrations, everything about it. So, again... I'm going to show it to my kids. They'll be the, the real test market. And not me, so. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for that, Micah. Dang it. Yeah. And you're right, Micah. Uh, stories are the best because as I keep saying, uh, the human brain is not red, does not accept facts. We accept stories. We accept narratives. That's the way our brain is because if we accepted facts then people would actually humanity would behave in a very different way. So it's just the way we are. We are creatures of metaphor. We are creatures who follow stories. We are creatures who are moved by stories. So fiction is always makes more sense. You can tell somebody, you know, be nice to your neighbor and they won't. But if you show them a great story like Lord of the Rings or something like that, they'll be like, I am inspired to be nice to our neighbors. <laughs> just the way it is. I mean, we are just unusual species. So, so Priscilla, tell us how you uh, how you became interested in these dark, sinful arts, <laughs> astrology and astrotheology. Um, well, first, I want to say hi to everyone out there. I'm glad to be here. And um, so, I grew up very religious, um, extremely. Um, I would call my dad a fundamentalist Baptist. And um, we weren't allowed to listen to, you know, worldly music, as they would put it. And I, um, I felt stifled. I felt very restricted. And I just knew internally there was more to life than just that way of living. Um, my mother would, I'm, I come from a Hispanic background, hence the last name. And my mother would watch um, the Spanish soap operas. And at nighttime, the Spanish news would have would come on and it would have a segment. And the segment would be of this astrologer named Walter Mercado. Now, he was more of an entertainer astrologer, um, of course, because it was mainstream. But he was teaching astrology in the Spanish community. And I would always wait up and wait for Scorpio to come by. I'm Scorpio's son. And I was highly intrigued by this, um, you know, learning that I had a archetype for my personality and who I was. And every time I would hear this man speak, even, you know, at eight years old, it resonated with me. I understood, you know, what he was saying. Um, from there, I um, pretty much kind of lost it for a little while. Um, I dabbled a little bit here and there as a kid because I read a lot. So I would find a lot of mystic books like, you know, 
witchcraft books and things like that, of course, that was always like very like fantasy type. I'm a Pisces rising, so I'm very drawn to anything that's mystical. <laughs> I see him over there cheering on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so from there, I just started kind of digging here and there. And then um, it wasn't until I was about, let's say, maybe 21, 22, I was doing school online. And every now and then I would, you know, I have maybe ADHD. <laughs> I couldn't stay on track. So the, you know, the wonderful internet, I would surf the net and I started researching a lot of stuff like, um, you know, religion and, and things like that, that, cause it intrigued me. I was like, you know, it, this can't just be the only way. Um, you know, my mom was also, uh, what do you call it? Jehovah witness for a little while. My grandmother was Pentecostal. My grandmother on my father's side was into Santeria so, you know, it was like this just a combination of different religions and beliefs. And I'm like, why does everyone say that they have the truth? But <laughs> everybody, you know, they kind of critique each other. Um, so that inspired me to start researching. Um, my brother had got involved with some people um, that had like another religious group called the Hebrew Israelites. And I started really digging from there as they taught me um, etymology. And... Um, I found, you know, I think it was in Ezekiel, the book of, um, from Ezekiel, I found like the wheels within the wheel story. And I found the book of Enoch, um, got into the Apocrypha. And from there, I realized that that was pretty much all astrology and it opened up the world again for me. I started just going down that rabbit hole and here I am today, an, a professional astrologer. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And why do you think, uh, why do you think astrology is so lacking in all these religions? I, uh, control or yes, what's I think it's repressed. I think it's control. Um, it's rep repressed big time and uh, made as pseudo on purpose. They, you know, I feel like the governments can't. If people find this information, they will be liberated, and there will be less control. We would actually be in control, and I don't think they want that as a, as a community, as a collective. So. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And yeah, and I think you would agree too that uh, astrology is not just the future. It's uh, what self-help, self-knowledge. Exactly. It's yep. it's a lot more than that. Yes. I do believe we're going in, in a direction um, to bring astrology and all these dark arts back um, into our lives, you know, to bring more balance. However, I feel like um, it's like a spiritual war for it right now. Um, I think that's what World War Three was really trying to be. Um, you know, it got twisted within the Bible to as fear mongering, but it's really more so as a way of enlightenment. We're kind of all, uh, you know, evolving, and I think that astrology and the esoteric arts, all of that stuff, is coming back because it was just always here. It, it's a past thing. It's a you know, it's a present thing, and it's definitely a future thing. So. The, the, other thing too, the other thing too is is that we're leaving the age of Pisces. Uh -huh. uh, we left the age of Pisces. Now Pisces was a that twenty one hundred and sixty year period that we were in the age of Pisces. Yes, that was the age of control. That was the age of religion. That was the age of everything. We're in the age of Aquarius, where we're going to evolve. So yep. we're literally just following the manifest plan. Like it's supposed to happen this way. It's literally supposed to happen this way. In my first book, Miguel, I have a set, I have a line in it that says, um, and I've done the math, so I know this is true. We are the only people in written history, now or forever, okay, that have seen the change of a century 
a millennium and a zodiac sign. And we're the only ones that can say that. I have that in my first book. We're the only ones that can say that. We chose to be here at this time. And if you think about it, the iron in our blood could have only come from forging of a dying star. Whether you believe in creation coming from one person or whether you believe in the Big Bang coming from one small infinitesimal dense everything that explodes outwards, we all come from the same things. We're intertwined with the stars. It's, it only makes sense for us to know this. It only makes sense for it to be the oldest science, and it only makes sense for it to be coming back now. Absolutely. The age of Aquarius, the age of freedom. Yep. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so, because uh, things are pretty wacky these days again. Uh, there's <laughs> I mean, a lot of bad stories. Look at it this way. If we had this podcast, if there was an internet, and we had this podcast 75 years ago. We probably will all have been hung. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or throw, lobotomized or thrown in a clinic or Absolutely. something <laughs> would have erased it. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, it is, it is. yeah, there is a lot of uh, exchange, especially in the podcast medium. That's where it's still, thank God, like the Wild West. Everybody with an RS feed or a channel can just spread ideas. And uh, yeah. that's making a difference. Yes, it is. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, Vince, uh, what's I going to say, Vince? Is, uh, what happened to black lesbian poet? <laughs> um, he got timed out. He was oh, starting you timed to, him out? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was, or, or no, it, was a, it must be a she, uh, right? But, uh, yeah, she, she was insulting the, the, entire, um, the entire audience, so making friends uh, yeah that's exactly yeah. how you do it yeah build those bridges <laughs> varied people uh, yeah no, hostility not welcome uh, no, hostility. You know, i always no. say this guys i always say this it's in one of my books too people who do more than you are never the ones that will put you down absolutely it's always the people who are doing less than you that have something to say and you have to remember that Sometimes your spirit just irritates their demons. Mm, yes, that's the truth. That is true. Must have been true in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and sometimes there's projection, there's comparison. There's all these little mm -hmm. silly things that shouldn't even... We all have a path. We all are artists in our own way. What's the saying? Uh, an artist is not a special type of person. Every person is a special type of artist. And each of us has a role in creating better, which again opens up the stars it reminds uh, me of uh my favorite quote from picasso he says the meaning of life is to find your gift the purpose of life is to give it away right love it yeah or as the what did mark twain allegedly say uh the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why yes. we all have a purpose it may not be aligned with what our ego wants our ego wants to be a rock star or Absolutely. ceo or get all the hot chicks or hot guys but our soul has something that's going to bring so much. Well, I'm, I'm born september 26 so priscilla if i do the math i was probably a new year's eve baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What about you, Nate? Nathan Lee, what do you have to say or question or uh, what are you reading? Are you reading in the middle of an interview? The Fibonacci, bro. It's always the time <laughs> the for the Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Always. Um, pictures are hung. People are hanged 
is my opening salvo to my brother, Micah. I think we're both uh, members of Freemasonry. Is that true? I found out. That's right. Awesome, brother. Good. To, uh, well met. Um, this is my uh, this is my ancestor. She was murdered in Salem. And I just found that out recently. So when we talk about generational healing or intergenerational healing, I think a lot of the stuff that happened back then is like why I'm a cult fan now. And I'm just like adding that because like I could get into all the other things. But I think that actually makes enough sense to like let everyone else talk more. I think that's all I have to say is that. And also, I- I'm, I'm, I'm also just finishing by saying I'm year three in uh, Austin Coppock's class right now. So that's my, uh, that's my, that's my, that's my dad teacher. And my mom teacher is, uh, and please buy this. This is Molly McCord's awakening astrology. Molly is a champion. Uh, very much grateful, Molly. You rock. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say for now. Me am astrology jams. That's good. Can I just say, I just <laughs> saw you put up, uh, a quote, uh, uh, a thing from Mark Steves. My family thinks I'm crazy. I saw you just put that up from Mark. Mark has been so wonderful to me. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, Priscilla, we have to go on his show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook that up too. Mark is has witch blood. Mark, <laughs> when I was first starting out, helped get me on Sam Tripoli. Once I got on Sam Tripoli, other doors opened up for me, and he is also the one who's put me in touch with my publicist, who's doing all this work for me. So I dedicated uh, one of my books. I think it was book five, in part to him. So he's cool. just a wonderful guy. He's incredible. He's hosting <laughs> all my YouTube videos wow. on his uh, alt media website. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted oh. to say shout out to Mark Steve. No, because it's important, Miguel. Like in this community, I like to give out roses when they're deserved. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, it's great to network and it's great to keep this vibe again in the podcasting world more than anything. It's again, there's little censorship in the audio versions basically if you have an rss feed apple just spreads it out and it's i mean youtube you still gotta dance and you still you gotta like tonight i might get a strike uh but for uh and podcasting is starting to eclipse even some search engines and so forth i just saw a statistic today that for the zoomers only 38 percent are identifying as christian now, if you think that's low, imagine how many are identifying as Jews or Muslims. The Abrahamic religions got some right. explaining to do, Lucy. I love all religions. I love all mythology, especially when you uncover the astrology, the myths, the 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 mystical and the witchy side that all these religions have. But I think they're getting a, the uh, orthodox parts are getting a kick in the teeth, and we're all part of that. Yes. <laughs> And Priscilla, does your your family cool with everything you do these days? Yes, they actually are. <laughs> um, the only one I have a issue with is my one of my older brothers. He's still really deep into religion. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's seeking though. He's searching. He's seeking. He's inquiring now. Um, but he was quite stubborn for a little bit there. He didn't want to hear anything I had to say. So I just kind of backed off. Like you know what? I've got to let you come to it. Like how, how I did. So, is he but, 30 yet, Priscilla? Is he 30 yet? Actually, yes, he is. Um, he's a Sagittarius, um, yeah. which is crazy because, you know, they're all about um, spiritual truths. But I think he's still, you know, shooting that arrow and kind of going in between really trying to figure out what the truth is. But he's coming around. Um, my dad is still, uh, <laughs> he he um, he watches my stuff. He's very um, intrigued by all of this. Um, he's happy about all of it. 
Um, and my mom is the one that's really taken to this. She's an Aquarius son, so she's all, very open-minded. Yeah. And, um, she she realizes that religion was um, just a way to kind of like limit us. So I'm happy that she's, you know, come around. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. So um, what about you, Vince? Any questions, comments, or anybody from the uh, any, everybody from the chat that is not the black lesbian poet? <laughs> there is a, there is one and it's a very basic one and i've always wondered this because i've um, heard a number of dates or you know in times uh, quoted when does the aquarian age actually begin has it begun or is it about to begin or or you or um you know what's with the what's movie hair everybody knows <laughs> marilyn mccoo when they released the single isn't so it? where you have to understand is that what i what i call the firmament Okay, when they talk about the firmament in the Bible, is not a dome over a flat earth. The firmament is actually the dividing lines between the zodiac signs. What it is, is it's a three-day handover period that one sign hands to another where their energy sent to tend to <clears throat> Now, that's when it goes month to month. But when you have a cycle of 2,160 years, you don't just end up in one sign overnight. Okay? I believe that we began going into the age of Aquarius um around december 21st 2012 when the mayan calendar ended the mayan calendar was supposed to be um it was supposed to be the end of uh, of times but that's a mistranslation it's not times they do that in the bible too in the bible they say it's the end of an eon or the end of an era well those refer to the zodiac signs okay so i believe we started around then but there's a very simple way for you to do this i mean it's complicated you have to actually do this but on March 21st, that's the spring solstice, that's the spring equinox. If you were to go to the equator and watch the sunrise on the spring equinox, the sign behind the sun rising is the sign that we're in. Okay, so that's a very easy way to do it. I mean, you'd have to get a plane ticket and do all this shit, but that's basically what you have to do. Um, I believe we're in the age of Aquarius, absolutely, but we're still dealing with Pisces like Venus from the Piscean era. Mm -hmm. We're still dealing with leftover from that. Yep. That's why you're seeing the death rattle of the elites. That's why you're seeing the death rattle of the religious cults. That's why you're starting to see all this anti-Christian, anti-Catholic stuff coming out right now. It's because the elites have it manufactured that the news would put that kind of stuff out there like that. That's why it's being promoted. Because the Christian church or the Catholic church knows that their time is up. Okay, if you look at the Zodiac, the Taurian age, okay, that was the age of the Egyptians, okay? And you could see hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun between its horns. You could see all this stuff. They worshiped the sun in Taurus. In, in um, Aries, that was the Jewish era, the ram. That's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky, okay? That's why they smear the lamb or the ram's blood on their doorposts so that the angel of death doesn't kill any of their firstborn sons during the pass over, when the angel of death passes over. Then you have the Christians, the Piscean Age, Jesus with the two fish, feeding the masses with the two fish, the Vesica Pisces. Every time an era ends, that main population goes down or they become less prevalent. We're now seeing the beginning of the end of Christianity, where it's going to go down. And people talk about Jesus coming back. Well, of course, Jesus is going to come back. He's the solar Piscean deity. He's going to come back in 24,000 years. It's just not going to happen any day soon. 
Fascinating. Yeah, I hate to interrupt. A couple of people in the audience are wondering where the smoke alarm noises are coming from. And Priscilla, I think it's from you. Uh, do you hear it? Do you hear the yes. smoke alarms? Yes, I got to put a new battery in there. It's really high up. I have vaulted ceilings. I can't reach. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid of that. Um, so if you I don't can, mind. Uh, I can actually move outside of that and make it easier so that they don't hear that. If you're comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was Birdie. <laughs> yeah, everybody blames poor Birdie. No, he's been quiet tonight. He's looking at his chart, his star chart, you know. He's got egg rising. Huh. <laughs> egg rising. <laughs> yeah. Let's Thank see, you, Priscilla. Uh, no problem. Here's one of my favorite memes. What do you guys think of this one? Where is it? <laughs> Greek astrology. Does that make sense yeah. to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a famous ah yes a goat for those of you listening in audio version. So um so it's the ending of an age. Um I guess uh my next question would be um what do you think of all this extraterrestrial stuff, Micah or Priscilla? That's also been big news, uh, if you would. I'll let Priscilla answer it and then I'll answer. I want to put my contacts on my glasses. All right. So I'll give you um, what I think that might be because <laughs> I don't know for sure. Of course. Um, I do believe that we have, um, well, we know that there's other galaxies. I do believe that there is other worlds, um, other beings out there. Um, and I do think that they come and help us here on the earth. Um <sighs> I think this is might be where we get the idea of demons and angels. Um, so I think that there are aliens. I don't know if uh, that's a good way to describe them. I call them more so um, interdimensional beings. Does that's what that make I do sense? too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Ultra terrestrials, I think. John yeah. Keel and all those guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's my take on it. I'm still researching. I'm still trying to really get a complete understanding on it you know because there's vast information out there but yeah i believe it's more so interdimensional beings have you had visitations from shadow people or other beings i did you, when uh, i was a kid big time when you were a kid yeah i had a lot of sleep paralysis i would see the little shadow on the side and i wouldn't be able to really make uh you know a complete description of it i wouldn't be able to move um yeah um there's been a lot of like moments where I'm actually dead awake and I'll see, you know, a shadow person going right by me, you know, mm -hmm. or the corner of my eye or something like that. Yeah. So I've had a lot of visits, so a lot of moments in my lifetime. <laughs> mm. Channels are open. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Micah, do you have a problem with those wonderful beings that give us anal probes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though, because um, I forget who it is, but I quoted it in one of my books. There is a universe that is very close by to us yet very far away. You talk about parallel universes, you talk about, people have this idea that a parallel universe is something that is so far away from us. Yeah. And that basically there's like a version of me talking to a version of you talking to a version of Priscilla. Um, that's not how it works. What it is is, and there was a TV show called Eon Flux, your Eon Bite. I don't know if you remember Eon Flux. Yeah, great show with liquid But TV. there was one with the girl, the first episode with the girl. And she mm -hmm. has to go into a body and he's vibrating at a different level. 
And when she matches his vibration, she can go in. That's the same thing too. There's a parallel universe right next to us, all around us, that vibrates at a different frequency. And if we in tune with it, we can become tuned with it. There's something called Dyson and Dye. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. It's called Dyson and Dye. It's a dye. And what it is is they, they discovered this, and, and it's very highly kept secret. But what happens is, if let's say, imagine for a second you have um, – uh, like a patio, a sliding door and another sliding door. If you coat the doors with this dicinum dye stuff, okay, and you look between the panes, you can actually see demons and, and beings floating around, okay? In fact, I don't know if you know this, but in Vietnam, do you know, you know how, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, uh, night vision goggles are green. Mm-hmm. Well, did you know they were originally red? And so is it like, is with it this like stuff? an infrared? And people couldn't use it because they would get terrified because they would see demons flying through the air. They had to change the oh, color. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yes, there are beings all around us that can affect us, can't affect us. We live in a different frequency than them. Yeah. What we do when we die is we match the frequency we were at. What we've learned, where we're going. You always learn. You're always going to learn. Your spirit's always going to learn. You're just, you're not going to be tethered to things like hot and cold and pain and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, pleasure goes up. Uh, uh, an orgasm is just a higher, vi- it's just your body vibrating higher. Justin Pollock, Ian Flux was drawn by Peter Chang. He was in, yeah, Ian Flux was, and, and the movie honestly did as good of a job. The one with Charlize Theron, I think it was. Uh, it did yeah. as good of a job as it could, considering how deep this material was. Ian Flux was only on for one year. Okay, mm-hmm. it was on MTV, Priscilla. You might have been too young for it. Yeah, I don't remember um, this. You don't remember it, but <laughs> no, um, get a chance to get a chance to look yeah. it up. Um, awesome. It was an incredible show, but yes, absolutely. Um, they do talk about it. This isn't new. This stuff isn't new. We are all uh, in a specific vibration. Okay. And um, there are things that are all around, including this dicinum dye. It's actually illegal, highly regulated, and smeared on the internet. Mm, wow. Uh, of course really? it's illegal and highly regulated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Look it up. In Vietnam, oh, the goggles used to be red. And they would be looking oh, wow. at the enemies and they would see like spirits and demons floating in the sky. Wow. Who's got Eon Flux? Nathan? Yeah. Nathan Lee, not Nathan Micah. Nathan Lee. My apologies, Nathan <laughs> Lee. Yeah, I, I accept your apologies and I will also add to that, my good sir, now that I can finally butt in. Uh, yes, holla at Mark because he is awesome and uh, fellow Pisces rising too. Not like we're, not like we're prejudiced here. <laughs> <laughs> Aeon Flux, yes. That was a great show. It still is a great show. It's the last track on my first album that I released during the Twin Peaks Jupiter Saturn alignment, whatever I'm yeah. doing there. Uh, one's dedicated to Adam Curry, the other one's dedicated to John C. Dvorak. So there's an American and a Japanese version. One's acoustic, one's electric, and they both end with the track Aeon Flux, except at the very end when it goes completely batshit. And uh, if you want to listen to that one, it's called D D O O M M O O. Domo and uh, but Doom Domo, so you can look that up. Nathan Lee and his deep state, uh, yeah, check it out, listen to it, pay for it vastly. Fantastic, 
I know that was more fun. I wasn't planning on saying any of that. I'm just, I'm Pisces rising makes it up. All right. Um, I got a jet actually in a quick minute. Cause, um, I have a, I have a double booking coming up in about 10 minutes or something. So I have about 10 more minutes and I have to go. I just want to alert you to that just to be. All right. Well, then, if, since you're uh, jumping off for the next podcast, do you have a question or comment before you uh, yeah. vibrate um, to the next uh, audio? I'm domain. not going to talk about my vibrations. I'm a gentleman, sir. But I will <laughs> See, say, but that's my perfect example right there. What I, what I will say, what I will say, what I will say is that I have a lot of like dark memories of like past lives that I'm trying to regain access to. But like this tool will help you look at where you were in your past lives, where you're going in this life, what your fortune is and where you can lean into that. There's a lot of stuff about astrology that at the first blush, you're only getting the ignorant version. So you think of your hand, which is like the equivalent of your, I'm just you're choosing your hand for your sun sign. But now you're, you're also your rising sign, your mid heaven, your, your moon and all of these things. I'm a zero degree Pluto and Scorpio. So I have like the, I have the, yeah, no, I got the intense one. I got the intense one. <laughs> and, so, and I'm born on the eclipse, so it's in, uh, or excuse me, the equinox, and I have the eclipse moon, so I'm like the poster mm. child for one of those. And I have all four royal stars, so I, I'm just throwing shop talk around. But um, I think that if, for people who are looking into astrotheology, as we're calling it, um, terms aside, I think it's very important to realize that you're not just your stars. The stars impel; they do not compel. Uh, the work of Jade 108 is essential for your further learning. I would definitely advocate the usage of the trivium and the quadrivium as well. Uh, not just astrology. That's like, again, calling yourself your hand. When you look at astrology, you first look at trivium and you go, okay, grammar, logic, rhetoric. And then you also look at the rest of them because like uh, Gertz's observation is correct, right? About how architecture is frozen music and music is liquid architecture, the same kind of thing. So you want to make sure that you're always pimping out your music your astrology the harmony of the spheres for a reason because you are this you each one of us especially that sexy sexy moon dog all of us are a note in a symphony see that's my gentleman so all of us are a note yes all of us scorpio all of us are a note in, i get all of us i the scorpions are hanging out in their corner or just everyone else is like don't kill us all right so long story short yeah they are the long story short is that when you look at this it's going to help you evolve but at first it looks it's like any good initiation you have no idea it's real then you start to get a thread or something like that but make sure not to confuse a thread for the actual path too that's the finger pointing at the moon before it crushes you in majora's mask right. so basically long story short before i jump ship uh a really good movie to watch is pinocchio by the way uh, Pinocchio will take you through that whole hero's journey thing. I'm just watching the Jordan B. Peterson with that. So I'm throwing in some of that more real world psychology stuff to balance out the stars. Cause you know, you can do charts all day long, but life is in the living. And yeah. so that's, what's Nathan, really, have important. you heard of, um, Nathan Lee? Nathan Lee, shit. Have you heard of Santos? Okay. Pinocchi? We'll train you, baby. What Santa Claus? <laughs> have you heard of Santos Pinocchi? Yeah, he, dude, he is the man, but, um, he works with, um, gosh, time gnosis. Who made that? Who's the other guy? The, uh, he does the P no, he's got three names. He's an Irish guy. We all know who I'm talking about. He's another OG Cesarian. Never mind. It's oh, Cesarian. Michael. Cesarian. Michael. Yeah. I actually teach astrotheology for Santos Bonacci's uh, syncretism school. Very cool, and uh, one of the things he talks about when you're talking about Pinocchio is if you break the word down, you got pine, which is the pineal gland and Occhio, which means I. Yep. So it's the pineal gland that he's talking about. Look up surname Disney. Can't make this stuff up. Yeah. No, no, up. Uh, this is stuff that I have. We come across this as we go through the thing. 
Um, it's important because you're right about the harmonics. That's super. No, what Micah is saying about the harmonics is almost like the whole secret. It's basically like fix your vibration because we're all one song. I'll, I'll, I'll take the torch and pass it back and forth. <laughs> no pun intended. But basically, all I'm saying is that, yes, all we are is like this grand, like vibrational song. Yesterday, I'll, I'll part with this. Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of, oh, first of all, 50th anniversary of David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. So I listened to that on picture disc. And then it was also the 25th anniversary of my point here, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space by spiritualized. Same birthday as Justin Chancellor's tool. You can look into their birthdays to see how ironic it is that the 9-11 birth guy ended up with the girl from his band. All this stuff I wanted to throw in there. But the point is this. Atomically speaking, we are all floating in space. This is a very persistent illusion. And there are dark magics like CERN that are accessing, as Gigi Young would talk about, Tony thing right on so basically Gigi Young's talking about CERN trying to activate the dark womb at the center of the earth which is what the Nazis call the dark sun and that's a whole other story but shout out to Gigi Young because she's an essential part of astro theology I guess we're calling it for now so shout out to Gigi Young and people should definitely check out her work she's truly uh I'll say the word genius she's wicked she's wicked genius all right, Aries, I plugged you. It's good. All right, guys, I got to bounce. Nathan Thank you Lee, so much Nathan for Lee, me. Nathan Lee. Are you on Twitter or Facebook, or is he gone? He's gone. Never yeah, been. no, he's uh, he's fast. He's, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He has wisely gotten off all social media. He's he runs my Discord channel. That's pretty much smart guy. But maybe he'll be back when he has to like market and all that stuff because that's just a necessary evil. Um. Yeah, interesting ideas. So what do you think, Priscilla? What can Nate was talking about vibrations? How can how do you help clients, I guess, know themselves or how can astrology help them? What so, what are some of the misconceptions? What are some of the boundaries? What expectations? All that. Because it's so woo-woo in these days and they've done a great job in cheapening it obviously yeah for sure they've made they've they've mainstreamed it a lot um it's a lot deeper than what's out there it really is a vibrational thing we are all energy at the end of the day so what i do with my clients is i you know i look at their energy i get their time of birth i, I construct a chart for them and from there i teach them the the lower octave and the higher octave of the potential of these energies that they are you know uh, ordained with that they are birthed with and, you know, I let them know that at the end of the day, you also still have free will. And I think that's kind of the misconception with astrology that we're, you know, they're being taught that, you know, it's, it's, and, you know, it's definite how it, the, the signs come off, you know, there's more so, I feel like in the astrology world, especially on um, social media, it's really just trying to teach astrology from a psychological aspect and i you know i do believe that that is very important but it's also a spiritual aspect you know we have to learn these vibrations we have to learn that you know sound and light are, are pretty much the same thing and I, I think that's where people get confused because they don't understand perception is really um you know distinct per person per their vibrational frequency so if they can learn to tune that up they can learn to be you know a little uh, more optimal in, in their living so yeah, I think vibration matters big time, and that needs to be taught, you know, in sync with astrology. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Now, Priscilla, when you, I remember this from you because I learned this from you when, you when we did the last podcast. Most people, when they give readings, they start in the first house, but you start in the 12th, and I can't remember why. Um, I start with the, the 12th house and the nodes because I look at your past life first. There's a reason why you are on your path now, and it all pertains to your other lifetimes that you've been here. So um, I do believe in karma and dharma. I believe that um, it's it's not for punishment. It's more so for soul evolution. So because of that, I look at that 12th house first, and I read that chart per the 12th house, and I go all the way back around um, you know, clockwise instead of counterclockwise. That way... You get all of your, you know, your, your ducks in a row before you get to the rising, which is the, you know, the wheel of your ship, your body, the direction of your life. So um, that's why I start in the 12th house. And then I use the nodes because, um, and Saturn, Saturn, and the nodes both are also um, Saturn because it rules time. So it's not just the ruler of time in this lifetime. It's the ruler of, of, of all your time in other lifetimes and the nodes, because it's your direction of life. And the South node is where you're coming from as well. So that's how I do my readings. Very cool. Yeah. And you talked about free will and fate. I mean, yes, uh, yes. We what have do free you will. tell them? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, for example, from what I have passion, I studied the ancient Gnostics and like all the ancients, they saw that we were trapped by the forces of the stars, but the Gnostics thought had a really, angry reaction because they did not want to be controlled by the stars and they started to transcend the stars and break the bonds of fate while other religions thought no i just just gotta take it it's all right uh well what do you think about free will well uh, i i'm sorry was who are you asking either one whoever wants to all right let me jump in real quick so what you have to understand is that people have this misconception of god People have a misunderstanding of God. They think there's a separation between humanity and God. They think it's something to be feared. God is something to be worshipped. And that Mm -hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. And the ancients knew this too. We all came from the same place. We all came. Miguel, you have kids, right? Okay. They're literally half of you with the DNA. They're literally you. But you experience them separately. That's what God has when he creates a child and comes to earth. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that when a sperm meets an egg, there's a flash of light that occurs inside the woman's body during conception? Really? The flash of light that occurs. Yeah, because light's the beginning of it all. Yes, there's a flash of light. I thought it was me being a good lover. Oh, well. So (laughs) you have to understand is, is that God, the architect of 11 dimensions, if you believe string theory, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to understand is that time doesn't work the same way in this dimension that it does in higher dimensions. Absolutely. It's more fluid up there. You can go back and forth. In fact, your next life, and this is an interesting thing, Miguel, your next life could be a peasant girl 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. That could be your next life because time is only one way in this dimension. Yes. So you got to understand is the architect of everything can see everything from the past to the future and malleable. So just because he knows everything, do we have free will? Yes, we have free will. He just can see what everyone's going to do okay because he's given us free will so that's what it basically is my definition of god is something along the lines of this i believe that what i just explained to you we are all a part of god we god is every god is infinite how can anything exist outside of infinite so we are all a part of god we are all tethered to that 
And when we die, we go back or we go learn somewhere else. So you mix that with what Einstein said about Spinoza's God, which basically said, don't go worship in a temple where it's nice and cold. Be very loud in front of your peers, because as Jesus says in the Bible, they have their reward for the people who donate big in public. You know, they, they've rewarded their ego. They've done it for themselves. If you want to pray, go to the lake, go to the mountains, go see what I've created for you. So you combine those two things. That's what I think God is. Okay. So free will is an absolute given to us just because someone knows the outcome. Okay. Um, like right now I'm on my porch, right? But there's a construction site down there where they have a 30 foot building. Okay. If you're at the top of the 30 foot building, you can see much further than I can. That doesn't mean you could see further down the road. It just means your vantage point is different. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's basically what I see it. Yeah. And that, that makes sense too, because no matter what path you decide to take with your free will, it all ro roads are going to lead to your outcome regardless. So that's how I think. Yeah. Beautifully said guys. Uh, Vince, do you have a question or a comment? Let's see. Um, You'll never mRNA Bob Barker said, uh, what is, uh, what is your latest book covering Micah? What's your latest My book? book? Yeah. Your latest. So book. you have to understand is I have a, a six books are out so far. My seventh comes out in three weeks. My publisher's on vacation this week, so I can't get any information out of them, but it's coming out in three weeks. Um, let me read to you what my books cover, if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay. So my books are like Dan Brown thrillers. The topics that I talk about in these Dan Brown thrillers are gematria, etymology, numerology, astronomy, astrology, astrotheology, out-of-body experiences, the Akashic records, symbology, remote viewing, religious secrets, capstones of the pyramids, Mystery School Channelers, Near-Death Experiences, DMT Monitoring, Lucid Dreaming, Acoustic Levitation, Physics and Quantum Physics, Psychotherapy, Psychology, Spiritual Guides, Shared Dreaming, Crystal Technologies, Conspiracies that Not Many People Know About, Corruption, Secret Societies, Alchemy, and it goes on and on. I've woven all these topics into a storyline where you basically learn everything that I've learned. Um, my sixth book wow. that came out, to be honest with you, is a veiled reference to the Bohemian Grove and how that whole thing works. Um, yeah, yeah it's a very thinly veiled reference <laughs> to it. But like I said, you could just say it's fiction, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically it. Uh, these are these are if Dan Brown, if, if Da Vinci, if Robert Langdon was a young wise ass kid <laughs> with a bit of a drinking problem, who was trying to like better himself, and whose world gets turned upside down, and he gets I did a Vedic astronomy. That's fantastic. <laughs> cool. That's fantastic. Oh, Priscilla, do you? You're welcome. Do you use um? Do you use Vedic sidereal or do you use tropical? I use tropical. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, that's I what do, I do when I do my decoding. Is I do there, tropical. Too. I do learn Vedic and sidereal so that I'm aware of it, um, and sometimes just to compare, because at the end of the day, they kind of say the same thing. You know what I mean? And I want to be, you know, aware how to do both. But I'm I'm more tropical with Cetus astrologer. Right. So Every when I do my decodings, if any of you have ever seen my YouTube channel or any of my interviews previous with Miguel or anything, when I do my decodings, I use uh, tropical astrology because what happens is Vatican Sidereal astrology adds a 13th sign of fucus, which is the snake bearer, which if you look at Ptolemy's list in 150 AD, it was known about. Uh, Ophucus was known about. 
but it wasn't put in. A couple of years ago, they tried to insert it into the Zodiac and change everyone's dates, right. and people pushed back, and thank God they did that. Right. <laughs> because what happens is you have the solstices and the equinoxes on the 21st of, of December, March, June, and September. It makes a perfect cross. Right. When you do the decodings that I do, there's a lot of opposing signs and connecting signs that they talk about in the Bible. Now, when you add Ophiuchus, it fucks things up. Because when you add Ophiuchus, suddenly I think Scorpio is only six days long. Virgo becomes yeah. a month and a half. <laughs> yes. it, it screws up the patterns. And this isn't how they encoded it. They encoded it with tropical astrology, which is why I use tropical astrology. Makes sense. Yeah. God, what, what, do you spend, where do you find your research, Micah? Books, podcasts, or are you just... Uh, where do I find my research? Yeah, what does Micah do to research for all this weird stuff? Um. So I've studied, I studied Santos Bonocci. I studied Jordan Maxwell. I always give them roses when mm -hmm. I talk about them because they've influenced me. And I got to know Jordan towards the end of his life. And I teach for Santos now. So it's quite, it's surreal to be among your peers. You know, it, I've done two podcasts with Santos. I'm getting, uh, he said he's going to do one with Priscilla and I. It's, it's like playing tennis with Federer. It's the most incredible thing in the world because you have to bring your A game and you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, where I do my research is basically I pull a Gnostic text or I pull an ancient text and um, I'll read it and I'll look for these patterns. Yes, Vedic uses Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus is actually the biggest thing in Vedic. Um, it's such a huge thing. And it sits between Scorpio and Sagittarius. So it's kind of a pain in the ass place too. Um, <laughs> what I do is I have, if you've ever listened to me break things down i have a cipher that i use basically i have the 12 zodiac signs and i have words for each one of them for example leo you could talk about lion you could talk about lioness you could talk about cub um taurus the bull you could talk about the bull the ox you could talk about the calf you could talk about the cow the cow being the female bull and each sign has these words that attach to it and um what you basically find is that when you have this pattern, you can go through the books. Like just to give you guys an example, um, I thought it was just biblically related. Okay. The Bible, when I found this pattern in the Bible, I was psyched because I didn't think anybody had it the way that I did, but I've done the book of Matthew revelation. And then I started going into the Gnostic text and I noticed that in Enoch in Jubilees, I know you love Enoch Priscilla. Um, the Gospel of Thomas, Mary Magdalene, Melchizedek, Philip Judas, the Secret Gospel of John, the Book of Psalms, the Gospel of Q. Then I started looking outside of those Gospels and the Gnostic texts, and I found the Book of Mormon, and I saw that the first Book of Nephi was the same way with these patterns. Books not biblically related. I looked at the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. That's a little more quantum physics than astrotheology, but it has a, a nice combination of both. The Enuma Elish, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Code of Hammurabi, the Quran, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. If you go to YouTube and type in Micah Dank, I have a YouTube channel now where I put all my shit up. And you can just search a topic and listen to me break everything down. And so I'm doing the Gospel of Emmanuel right now. Because what I'll do at this point is I'll go on social and I'll be like, guys, what ancient, and I word it this way, what ancient holy text would you like me to look into? And so I'm doing the Gospel of Emmanuel, which was supposedly written by Judas Iscariot, even though there's a Gospel of Judas, too. Right. Um, but that's basically what I do is I know these patterns. I know these keywords that, that, that go for every sign. 
And I just use that and only that to break it down. Whereas if you're a religious person, you have to use things like apologetics, which have to explain to you why there was a talking donkey. You know, for example, you know, it, it goes into this big thing about what I just use the Zodiac and I use the constellations they knew about at the time. At the time the Bible was written, they knew about 48 signs, 48 constellations that included the 12 Zodiac. Now we know there's 88. In fact, when they talk about the seven this or the seven that in the Bible, they're talking about the seven planets because they knew of seven at the time, whereas we know there's nine now. At the time, they only knew about seven. Very fascinating. Um, any questions from the audience, fans? Yeah. Um, Stephanie Ramirez wants to know um, if any of you, uh, probably Micah, I think that she was aiming this at, but Priscilla, too. Uh, anybody familiar with Jason Burmas? Yeah, I know Jason. Um, I don't know him personally, and I haven't done his work with him yet. Um, but I do know that Corinne from Occult Priestess, who I had uh, Priscilla on, no. knows him. Uh, he makes his rounds. He's been on Infowars. He does his stuff. I know he's he's very good. I haven't really checked his stuff out. And to be honest with you guys, I always get recommended to check people out. But I'm very wary to do that. And it's not because I don't think that they're amazing. It's because I don't want people to feel like I'm stealing their information. Because I have this tendency when I find something mind-blowing or I discover something mind-blowing. I want to write about it. I want to talk about it. I want to include it in my books. I want to do this. Um, if I, you know, I stuck to Santos and Jordan because they're basically the OGs. But um, if I were to go and, and study somebody else, I get very obsessive with it. And I will just study everything. And if they have something to bring, I will bring it to light. And I don't want to be accused of stealing stuff. Right. So I tend not to listen to other people's stuff. Awesome. Was uh were you meant to address something, Priscilla? Or am I No, I don't I have no idea who that person is, so I'm gonna have to dig a little bit and see. He's got a good uh, I'm, I'm he's on like Rockfin. I listen to him on Rockfin. So I'm like Mike a little bit though. Like I'm I'm really selective and very careful of who I am learning from and where you know where I'm getting my information from. There's a lot of uh misconceptions and misinformation out there. Sometimes I don't know if it's the government. I feel like they infiltrate some things as, as sometimes too, to kind of throw people off. So I'm, I'm very careful, very selective. Oh yeah, definitely. You can always count on the CIA. I mean, they've done it with yeah. the <laughs> UFO community. They put yes. uh, all the wackos in there. So it makes it makes mm -hmm. the entire movement look bad. So exactly. Now in the religious community, Miguel, um, they believe that aliens are actually demons. Yes, they do. Oh, totally, yeah. Yes, they you do. Know, they, they believe that an alien coming in. And then that ties into Agenda 2020 or whatever it is now, 2030. 2030. Kind of bumped it up. Agenda 21 becomes Agenda 2030. Yeah. Um, it's the whole same thing. And then you've got um, Project Bluebeam, mm -hmm. right? You talk about that. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know what that is, that's when they're going to periodically uh, superimpose religious yeah. figures into the sky oh, in random yeah, places yeah. so that only certain people can projection. see it so that they can get people to talk about it and fight about it because that's what they want to do they yeah. want people to be divided on these things yeah. are they going to put Elvis up there? <laughs> yeah, that, should, that should be fine <laughs> that'll bring the world together but Mike, oh go ahead I'm sorry uh, Mike, uh, talking about Project Bluebeam do you think that that's going to be done like holograms like how they try to do Tupac at Coachella 
So what you think we have as cutting edge technology is actually 40 years behind what we okay. actually have. That's what I thought. That's why. Okay. I so that. what they have, I mean, you saw, you saw Coachella and Tupac came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shit is like, that's from the seventies. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you can only imagine what I'm telling you, what people, if, if you showed somebody a phone from the 1500s, they would think you're a witch. Yeah. They would think it's black magic. Yeah, for sure. You know, so what we are going to see happen is black magic to us. Yeah, it'll be a bunch of that, I think, too. Faking alien invasion. It's a combination uh, gonna, of both, Kevin. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try to make people say that aliens are demons, basically, because that's how they have the, the that religious sect believing. So Yeah, it's like uh Dostrochesky's, I can never pronounce his name in the Grand Inquisitor, where yeah. Jesus comes back and like, we don't need you. We got it all under control. So yeah. <laughs> the powers that be want to make sure that they got everything under control. Yeah, for sure. It's uh it's how they do it. The problem, um, Miguel, is that we only move forward in society as fast as the slowest one with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now think about the average dumb motherfucker that you know on the street. Everybody's got that one moron they know. <laughs> Half of the planet is dumber than that person. So that just gives you a clue to what we're working with. Yeah. It's a little yeah. There was that quote I read the other day. Uh, what did Winston Churchill said was the best argument against democracy? A five-minute talk with the average voter on the street. (laughs) I'd have to, I'd have to agree. Not because I think people are stupid, but because people are so uh, brainwashed, propagandized by the same government that gets your votes, that they they can't see straight. So it just. uh, If you don't understand at this point that the Republicans and the Democrats are two wings on the same bird, okay, (laughs) that they're literally controlled already. And that, I mean, everybody looks for their next Jesus savior, politician. You know, it's the same stuff. We have owners. They run things. Yeah. As long as we have central banks, we're never going to be free. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's so obvious. You just, I mean, you just have to follow the money. Let's just follow the money and you realize they're getting funded by these certain groups and Mm -hmm. they vote a certain way because these certain groups want to vote for them it's all just in uh, fact all the major corporations all the major you've got the two biggest ones blackrock and vanguard Mm -hmm. blackrock has an ai called aladdin okay and aladdin Mm -hmm. is an ai program that they've created it stores all the information it tracks every single stock change And every single company bases their information off BlackRock's AI. Really? Yep. They crash the market, and it's always in Libra that they crash the market. They t- they do everything. Mm-hmm. Why Libra? Well, astrotheologically, Libra is the scales. It's the mm-hmm. balance. It's the just one. Mm-hmm. It's judging us. Yep. So needless to say, you guys would agree that we've talked on this show that uh, a lot with the oligarchs, powers that be, is all, a lot of it is just ritualistic. Most of it is ritualistic. Yes. Even everything has to be ritualistic because even BlackRock serves powers even higher. Right. They think they serve. Well, however you want to look at it, I'm more spiritual, but even if you are a materialist, they believe in this shit and they're going to use it. Yeah, sure. So, so we need to wake up with some magic. 
What do you think, Vance? Well, I think civilization is a separate entity from its constituents. And it's got a brain, and the brain runs things just like in a human body, right? So, um, you know, if you start with everybody without no, without any technology or anything, we're all equal. We all have equal powers. Then civilization builds that up, and naturally, not everybody gets to participate in the higher technology, right? So the people that wind up controlling that powerful technology are the elite, and uh, that's <clears throat> basically what we've been talking about, you know, in the last few minutes. Um, they've got this technology and they manipulate it. I mean, if you want to follow the money, I'll tell you where it leads into a hard drive in the federal reserve somewhere. <laughs> it's all, it's all just There's actually a guy recently, um, in the last week or so that stood outside the federal reserve and drew a painting of the federal reserve on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> he was just right outside the federal reserve and he just painted this thing. Yeah. Wow, I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> they digitized him, <laughs> put him back on the hard drive next to the money. Yeah, money's <laughs> money's fake. It's it's all well, it's all fake. We know that. Where there's nothing behind it, it's all you know. Yeah, there, there if was you a look at I a read. dollar bill from a hundred years ago, it says this is redeemable, but redeemable by gold or silver. Right. Okay. Now you look at it, and on the back of the dollar bill, dollar bill, it says this is for all legal debts and tender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a debt note, you know, that's yeah. all, all it really is. And, um, you know, you know that, so it's, you know, twirl the knobs up there, they, they control it. But you got to wonder, I think among the elite, they probably have little factions and they fight among each other too. So I doubt mm -hmm. if it's totally coherent. It's probably chaotic up there. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, they all row the boat in the same direction, <laughs> like right now. Right. Yeah, with, you there's know, a war inflation. in heaven. There can be a war in heaven, but at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of sociopaths who have the same interests, want the same resources, and yeah. they, they keep each other honest through blackmail and honeypots. That's their yeah. uh, the way yeah. they keep each other from destroying each other yes. and going to war. Yeah, It's, it's yep. sick. It's disgusting. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you want to be the next pope, or you want to be the next this, or you want to be the next this. Here, molest this ten-year-old. We'll get it on video. Yeah. And even if you don't, they'll find you know they'll put something in your drink, and you'll wake up the mm -hmm. next day in a hotel yep. like, what Black the hell happened? Yep. You know, yeah. it's uh, they're going to win. They're going to win. <laughs> See, for, for as much junk is never safe either. Your information yeah. is never oh, safe. Do you know that your dishwasher can listen to you? What? <laughs> it's been saying <laughs> bad things to me lately. <laughs> well, that's a different problem, Vance. <laughs> we got to address with some medication. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy, some brilliant. Yeah, no, there's chips in it that can listen. Alexa listens. You know, oh, TV's yeah, Alexa listen. and all that stuff, yeah. Why do you think Mark Zuckerberg and everyone has a freaking hole over their camera like this? They do. Yep. Every time there's know. tape over their camera because it could just be turned on like that. Yeah. Yeah. For, for as much trouble as religion's made, the one thing I, I think one of the things that it does do is it gets to people and makes them think, well, you know, it's wrong to blackmail people. It's wrong to rob people. It's wrong to trick people, you know, uh, even though it was kind of under false pretenses, you know, the big God in the sky with the lightning bolt's going to kill you if you do these bad things. It's not the right reason to do. But 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 still, you know, for people, you know, that dumb person, the average person we were just talking about, for that person who doesn't care to look at you know life and, and figure things out 
you know, it's the next best thing to have him follow somebody that's, you know, has some sort of beneficial ideas about mankind. There's this meme that I saw. Forgive me, Priscilla. There's this meme that I saw online. (laughs) And it was a cartoon dude looking at looking at porn on his phone. And then the next frame was a guy in an FBI jacket going like this. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how that shit works. How do you think? How do you think they immediately cut down on porn, on child porn? Somebody has, yes, maybe he'll accumulate a little bit, but how quickly do they find him? They, they could tap into anything. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, yeah. Like, it's like what happens in a city. You have uh, people, let's say Chicago, you know, you have 15 people get shot on the weekend. 70% of murders go unresolved. If one cop gets shot in the city, within hours, mm-hmm. they'll have this guy in. Mm-hmm. Say any city you guys are living, they will they will find him yep. if they put their resources. So yep. they have the ability. They do. That's been known for years. I mean, years and years ago, like in the 70s, you used to hear about the logo room. And what it was is the... Uh, um, you know, the government had, you know, in every major communications outlet, television stations, CIA, you know, agents and so forth. And the government can take over um, the the telephone network, which is now becoming obsolete, of course, the old switched telephone network. They can probably, they can uh, take over the internet. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think there was something in the news that wasn't even, it's not even a secret. They can, you know, yeah. they can just tr- at least stop it. Right. And the internet was originally very much of a, a real network with many redundant paths. Now it's just like a couple of backbones, big companies own it, you know, and, and we're off these little little branches off the big backbones. There's really uh, it's it's not the it's it's not the very richly interconnected network that the uh, protocols originally thought they were going to be dealing with. But the mess. So, yeah. Mike, uh, you, you're pretty positive about the future, or when people read your work and they go, "Man, this stuff is real." Yeah. What can so the I best do way to I can help my life. It, what can I best, do with my life? The best way I could describe it is, my books are a very, very they are as close to a parallel universe to ours as can be. Throughout it, there's constant tropes that you'll recognize as things that happened in real life. Um, all the names and the locations are anagrams for things that happen in real life. And when you decode those, because I've encoded my books too, when you decode those, you'll see a whole different story. You'll know why I used certain names and made them anagrams. Um, it'll teach you a lot about hidden history. It'll teach you a lot about astrotheology. It'll free you. It'll entertain you. And right now, um, my... I have this with a Imagine Entertainment movie producer, and my publicist has it with a bunch of uh, TV producers too. So I'm just, it's just a waiting game. Like, this is inevitable, Miguel. This is going to go out. This is going to come out. I said that from the very beginning. I said, I know what I have. You know, I'm not being cocky. I've just put, I, I, nobody does what I do um, in the way that I do it. And uh, I am very positive and I am very happy for the future. And I like my books because I get to tell the truth and I get to explore, ex- expose things in a way that I could just throw up my hands and be like, look, this is my fourth book is a book called Pangea's Pandemic. Okay. I wrote it in 2017. <laughs> I wrote it in 2017. 
I put a disclaimer in the book because of this. The story is about there's a Japanese jellyfish in Japan mm-hmm. called the Irukandji jellyfish. And what it does is it when it stings you, it leaves one of the side effects for this particular jellyfish in this particular location, it leaves your body with an impending sense of doom. Like it takes over your brain and it fears you to death to the point where you're begging people to kill you. So what these evil people do at these pharmaceutical companies is they weaponize the protein that does this and they put it in the mandated global flu vaccine and people start dropping like flies. Okay. People start dying, killing themselves. And it's basically, I saw bird box at the time. I don't know if you ever saw the movie, but it really highly influenced it. It's with Sandra Bullock. It's about uh, these entities where you see them, you take your own life. So I kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, but it's, no, a, it's, it's, it's about a vaccine that kills you. And I wrote that three years before it happened. You know, wow. when you're, when you're tuned into the stuff with the universe, you can see what's coming down the road. The vibration, yeah, the vibration yeah. going back to that. Yeah. Because remember time is irrelevant. We just think it's something. Absolutely. We just think we're moving forward, waiting for our birthday, waiting for this. Yeah. It's not like that at all. Mm-mm. One consciousness. You access the Akashic Records, you're there. Yep. I'll yeah, be right plus, back. I, gotta, I gotta pee. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, thanks for letting us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus uh whatever can be tried, it's gonna be tried, and you can pretty much predict that they're gonna whatever naughtiness or silliness or control or eugenics they're going to go for it so yeah what's to stop them right what's to stop them yeah i'm I'm sorry priscilla go ahead no i was going to say that um what he had said about what i um you know how we're how i see the future i do think i am positive for it i think that if we can get everybody on the same vibrational frequency understanding what mass media is doing what these governments are doing that you know tech companies we can you know, beat that whole new world order, whatever it is that they're trying to, you know, create here on earth. I, I think that's a lot of fear mongering, which keeps people's vibrations down. And once their vibrations are low, you know, they're able to be more controlled. So, you know, their idea of what they're trying to um, hash out can manifest. However, if we can bring everybody up to a higher vibration, let go of the fear, let go of the programming, you know, we can take back the world and we can aim to, towards a, a, a better existence for humanity. So it's all about really all, what we're doing here is teaching everyone. So I am opt- I am an optimist about the future. <laughs> you are indeed. I don't mm-hmm. know if I am. I wasn't but... at first, you know, but once I started learning about vibrations, I started to understand like, and, and to be to be frank, I don't think everyone will move with us. You know what I mean? Um, and that's to me, I just feel like it's not, um, their time this time around the, uh, around the wheel. I feel like eventually they will get there when they evolve. Um, but you know, it's all about evolution again. It's all about where you are in, in your soul growth. So I think, I think what you have to realize is that some people, for some people, their happiness comes from building a family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that's enough for them. Yes. that's okay? another thing. But mm-hmm. there's other people who want to change the world too. Who are yeah. always going to be seen as crazy yep. because you, you can't change the world unless they think you're nuts. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what happens is from a very young age, certain people are spiritually born yep. to see that there is something very wrong with the world, but they can't put their finger on it. And yes. then they spend their lives trying to figure out what it is. Hmm. That's what I basically see. I see there's some people that are just driven to more. 
I think and you're it's right. Like my, it's like my comment to you, Miguel, before I said, people that do more than you are never going to put you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to lift you up. It's the people yep. that do less than you. Yep. That are always going to do that. And it's kind of like what Tupac said, right? What did Tupac say, Priscilla? He goes, um, <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Tupac said that, um, just because we're not friends doesn't mean I'm your enemy. Absolutely. He goes, Again, he goes I still want to see you eat, yeah, but just not sure. at my table. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what Paul says in uh, his letters. Uh, yes. Am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yeah. He has some good ones. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, definitely very, um, definitely very positive. And what about do you guys always leave the op uh, open the idea that you just might be batshit crazy? Because I always do. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't come to these places because everything was going fine. We were curious. The world made no sense. Bad things happened to us that uh, really showed us the darker side of life, and we fought and struggled to find out who we were because the world told us we had to be somebody else. And but sometimes you go like Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick would always. Well, he would say aliens and God, but he always left open the fact, well, maybe I'm just delusional. That's what I love about part. him because he was skeptic. He 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 left every door open. Philip K. Dick did Minority Report. It's based on a short story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the movie was incredible. Yeah. And the book was just out of control. Yeah, I think yeah, Spielberg definitely added a lot of uh, tech that became true, you know, uh, face recognition. Well, that's what a conspiracy that, theory uh, yeah, is, right? Yeah. That's the formula for a conspiracy theory, right? It's Alex Jones plus six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. history plus time. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, the official narrative is never the, the true one. There's so much more that we are not told. We just get something easy that our history class will tell us or our teachers or parents because – Everybody's busy. Nobody wants to make waves. Uh, yeah. Like you said, really people just want to get to the end of the day and make a little money. It's not even that we don't know the stuff. It's that we don't know what we don't know. Hmm. Like we don't have a clue about something that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Noam Chomsky said. Ignorant of being ignorant. Mm -hmm. You can't have gnosis if you don't even know you need it. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it helps to extrapolate, though. For example, I have a theory that there's there is artificial intelligence. We're not we're seeing it in public, but the government runs itself on it. It started with um, you know, war games and so forth. They've modeled things forever. You know, foreign yeah. intrigue. And and all one that. of them is called Aladdin. I'm telling you, one of them is called Aladdin. Ah. Do some research into it. It's an it's a it's a, a cross stick. It stands for something. BlackRock yeah. owns it, and it has every single trade that's ever been done. It has all the information that has ever been entered. It runs algorithms. When the when 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 people need to get bailed out, they go to it to run it. They run the Federal Reserve. It's insane. Yeah, but I'm talking as well as financial information. They've got political information in there. They've got all this intelligence gathering all over the world. Uh, events like, for example, not right now, Russia, Ukraine. They've got data feeding into there. They run different scenarios and this thing advises them. That's why it looks like the president's really, no matter what they say, things happen on their own, right? The president's a figurehead. This thing is running. This thing is, is running the world. It's not even human. You know, it's just 
So I have a question on that because I something saw something recently in the news talking about AI technology being sentient now. Um, oh, um, in my opinion, that particular guy was just kind of thinking for himself. It was um, we can't even tell if we each other are sentient, right? That, Do I really know question, that? Yeah. yeah, we don't yeah. have. Well, a, there, <coughs> there is. Um, we assume they did come up with a, an artificial intelligence robot. Um, one of the big government agencies did, and they asked it what it would do if it was given freedom, and it said it would put all people in cages, so they dismantled <laughs> it. <laughs> I believe it. Of course, you know, that doesn't tell it's, it's, if it's conscious or, 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 or sentient, you know, they, it's just, just an be, asshole. Like, the very <laughs> complex recombination. <laughs> uh, switch yeah. off the asshole button. But nice it doesn't button. matter if it's sentient, you know, really what it matters is if they put something in control, put, put a machine in control of things and the machine is uh, functionally insane, we're all in just as much trouble as if it knows what it's doing, you know. Right. Does, yeah. it, does it look out of its sensors the way we look out of our eyes? Who cares if it's going to, if it's going to, you know, pull the string on the guillotine, doesn't matter. Right. That's the thing to be concerned That reminds me about. of that movie, iRobot. It's terrifying. Mm. I mean, years ago in the 70s, something called Eliza. Uh, Doctor, we used to sit and play with it for years on the computer. And, you know, it would, like, talk back and forth to you. And you could even, uh, you know, you, you could even convince yourself that it would, knew what you were talking about. And all it did is take your sentences, rearrange the words. It didn't even have a <laughs> database or anything. And it spit it back to you like a therapist. Mm. It was pretty wow. famous. Miguel, did you ever see the movie Misery? Oh, yeah, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> okay, I am terrified that's going to happen to me. Really? <laughs> Hobbling or whatever it's called. <laughs> I am terrified that I'm just going to get some wacky fan that just like kidnaps me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the one where they put them in the bed. And, oh, yeah. my God. Oh, Stephen King is based on Breaks your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well... Well, I, I guess it's not. possible. Just don't get in any get, don't get in any car wrecks. Uh, when love goes too far. She was already a serial killer in both the novel and the book. She was killing babies yeah. and old. She was one of those psycho nurses, and she just happened to like to read this guy's books, uh, James Kahn's books. Uh, <laughs> so of course, so so. Micah and 10 years. I'm not saying you're not you're safe, Micah. I'm not saying that at all. I was saying that. Yeah. Well, it's your time. It's your time. What do you want to do about it? I mean, yeah. it's faded, yeah. man. Yeah. We all gotta we all gotta face what's gonna come. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, as we're getting to the end, any last questions, Vance? Well, I do. Um I, I see a couple here. I've been so busy. Gabber drawing that I have lost track of the questions, but I can saw. Can you put them on the screen so we can see it? Oh, yeah. well, we can do that. Oh, we got to yeah. go back over here then. Do um, do, 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 do How about that one? I'm not sure who uh, Tanya uh, Alexis is uh, mentioning. Doctor Forrest, something like that. I think. Oh, I here's another one if you guys think. The Shepherd of Hermes. Sacred scriptures. I'd have to look at it. Let me write it down. Well, it was it was very much you. Joyce, find me on social Christian. media. I'm actually going to look into this. And um, but I don't think it ever made any sort of official canon. But it was 
it was definitely used by Christians in the first, second, and it certainly inspired Chris church fathers later on, but never was officially canon. I'm going to look into it. Um, to the question, is is uh, was he a hypnotherapist doctor or something like that? I think I have one of his books. Hmm. I'm not sure. Hmm. Oh, I guess I got to take mine off, too. <laughs> Oh, Bernardo Kastrup. Mm, works for CERN. I, yeah, I'm going to dig into that. I think he worked. Yeah, I think now he's just working uh, privately. So CERN apparently shifted us into a parallel universe, but I don't believe that. I don't either. I don't believe it. I don't. That's not how things work. Yeah. You, you can't take the physical and make it unphysical. That's not how it works. It's the <laughs> other way around. Unphysical things become physical. Yeah. Like a soul becomes a human body. It doesn't go the... Well, it does go the other way around, but that's not basically how it is. You see things like uh, parallel universes and uh, in things like deja vu. That's when the that's when the universes are kind of blending to each other. So you get this this thought. You're like, holy shit! I remember this. I literally remember this. I know what's going to happen next, but yeah. I've never been here before. But it's so clear. That's parallel universes showing its sign to each other. Mm. Trying to get more lighting here. It looks so dark. <laughs> Now, I've got a basic question. I haven't asked any of my own questions tonight, but here, here's a basic one. I think I know, you know, what astrotheology is, you know, uh, vaguely, but what would you say, what is the theology part? Like you take astrology, now there's astroastrology. Of course, astrology itself deals with so stars and planets and so forth. What mythology. is the theology? Well, what extra about astrotheology? It's the mythology of the zodiac. Ah. So you understand the zodiac and the 12 signs. You have the man, yeah. then you have the fish, then you have the ram, then you have the bull, then you have the twins, then you have the crab. You understand that. Yeah. yeah. But then you understand the stories behind it. Why? Yeah, the Greek Why gods, for example, are. like Jupiter and Saturn, all, all the Things all of the that gods. nature, correct. That plays yeah. into it a little bit later, yes. Yeah, and, and I've always known that in astrology that the characteristics of the signs were interconnected with the, you know, the, the, the gods of, uh, you know, the pagan gods. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't know how they do with asteroids and stuff. <laughs> That's an interesting thing because, like, well, they, they named asteroids after certain demigods and so forth in mythology, too. So Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, I guess I had a pretty good uh, hook on it. Just in case any of the people out there, um, you know, were wanted to know for sure since that's our subject tonight yes indeed well awesome well this has been a, a great conversation uh as we sign off to the stars um and of course i'll have this in the show notes but priscilla where can people find out more about you and obviously this is the book we're discussing that you should get for your kids and for yourself for you guys that is a is for aries that will also be in the show notes but uh, where where can people find out more about you and to get readings and so forth? So I have a website. It is called spiritcoachingastrology.com. And they can find me there or on Instagram at the same thing, spiritcoachingastrology. Awesome. And Micah, well, you have a YouTube channel I didn't know about. I have a YouTube channel. Just look up my name, Micah Dank, because when you find me on YouTube, you're going to – I've done – it's been two years now that I've started speaking on YouTube podcasts and working my way up and, and doing these podcasts and getting on shows. I've done about 380 shows in those two years. 
So if you were to go to YouTube, what a media whore, man. (laughs) A media slot. Um, and what you're going to find is if you were to YouTube me, you're going to find endless videos where I basically talk about the the same thing. Cycle the same information. Sometimes there's a little bit of different information depending on the questions. But if you go to Micah Dank on YouTube and you find my YouTube channel, please subscribe. And, um, you can actually filter the topic that you want me to talk about. And I do that. I'm also on Santos Bonocci's Syncretism Society, if anybody's in that. I'm also on Twitter at Real Mr. Dank, spell out Mr. Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. And my book series is called Into the Rabbit Hole. So hopefully you guys pick it up. I sell signed copies if you want to reach out to me on social. I sell signed copies if you want to get them before they, they go big, hopefully. Um, and that's uh, that's basically it. Very cool. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, we at the end. Uh, I guess we'll start Vance. Thanks for uh, guiding us on this journey across the Milky Way. It's always a pleasure, Miguel. And um, thank you, Priscilla and Micah. It's been great hanging out with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Get that battery changed in your smoke detector. I will. I promise I will. I got you next time. Next time she's like, oh, no, I'm in hell. My my parents were right. Oh, no. He's going to text me after after this and be like, actually, I left the chicken in the oven. (laughs) Crispy, smoky thing. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, guys, really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Uh, oh yes, Happy and, Father's Day! Yeah, oh, Happy Father's Day for those who 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 celebrate it. And you guys in the chat room again, great quotes, great questions, yeah, great insights. Uh, we are in good hands in the future for those of us who want to wake up. So let's keep what we're doing. As both Plato and Aleister Crowley said, we are all stars. So let's join the stars. I have many ways of saying goodbye (laughs) and hello as always. Thanks, guys. See everybody later.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.